the book of Judith, chapter 9, from verse 11, the Bible says, Your strength is not in numbers, nor does your power depend upon stalwart men, but you are the God of the lowly, the helper of the oppressed, the supporter of the weak, the protector of the forsaken, the saviour of those without hope. Please, please, God of my forefathers, God of the heritage of Israel, Lord of heaven and earth, creator of the waters, king of all you have created, hear my prayer. Praise God. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we honor you, we praise you, we bless you, we enthrone you, we glorify your holy and acceptable name. Thank you, Jesus, for this word you're speaking to us this morning. We pray that you may reveal to us a new thing that you want to speak into our lives. Help us to focus our mind to you, to fix our eyes on you, to have our hearts transformed from inside out, and to live this day for the greater glory of your name. Open our eyes, Lord, to see where you're working, so we may praise and honor you more. In Jesus' name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. So, uh, this is a book of Judith. It's only in a Catholic Bible. And... Uh, this verse says, we read again, Your strength is not in numbers, nor does your power depend upon stalwart men, but you are the God of the lowly, the helper of the oppressed, the supporter of the weak, the protector of the forsaken, the saviour of those without hope. Please, please, God of my forefathers, God of the heritage of Israel, Lord of heaven and earth, creator of the waters, king of all you have created, hear my prayer. Raise God. God actually had this prayer and the prayer of his nation Israel and victory was granted them. It is a short uh, story. Uh, it only has 16 chapters and this whole story is about the nation of Israel at some point in their lives when they were going through so much struggle, so many battles and it was because of worship. And um, it so happened that this war was going on because um, the king Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Assyrians, was taking revenge on the whole world as he had threatened. And he was doing that for those that is chapter 2, verse 3. They decided to do away with all those who had refused to comply with the order he had issued. What is that order? Verse 11, chapter 1. The inhabitants of all that land disregarded the summons of Nebuchadnezzar, king of the Assyrians, and they would not go with him to the war. They were not afraid of him, but regarded him as a lone individual opposed to them and turned away his envoys empty-handed in disgrace. Uh, king Nebuchadnezzar was taken captive of all the nations because he wanted to own the whole world and wanted the whole nation, the whole kingdoms of the world to honor him, to worship him. And that is written in verse 8, chapter 3. 
Nevertheless, he devastated their whole territory, cut down their sacred graves, grooves, cut down their sacred grooves, for he had been commissioned to destroy all the gods of the earth so that every nation might worship Nebuchadnezzar alone and every people and tribe invoke him as a god. You see, the war was about worship. He wanted all the nations to worship him alone. And in such and in, in this war, he happened to come across this nation of Israel at this point in time. And uh, it happened to also be a moment when God, in his own way, might and power, had raised a woman. A woman who was broken, a woman who was a widow. And this woman was called Judith. He was, she was a God-fearing woman. She lived in penance and prayer. And God used her in a very mighty way to fight for the nation of Israel. You know, the Israelites, we know from the moment they were taken uh, captive in Egypt, God raised a Moses because God regards the nation of Israel as his firstborn. And so he said, I call my firstborn out of Egypt. We know Jesus also went to Egypt at some point in time. And the love, the covenant relationship that the Lord spoke to the nation of Israel could not and cannot be removed by anything or anyone, and especially when it is about worship. The children of Israel were... Um, they were liberated from Egypt through Moses by the Lord because he said one thing, let my people go to Pharaoh to worship me in the wilderness. So we know worship is in the heart of God. Now King Nebuchadnezzar, after some time now comes and he wants to have all the Israelites to worship him and him alone. And if they refuse, everything is destroyed. And from this story, we know that even their provisions, their water supply was cut short and they suffered for a while, but they knew what to do. The Bible records in chapter 4 from verse 9, all says all the men of Israel cried to God with great fervor and did penance. They, along with their wives and children and domestic animals, all their residents, aliens, hired laborers and slaves, also guarded themselves with sackcloth. All the Israelites, men, women, children who lived in Jerusalem, prostrated themselves in front of the temple building with ashes strewn on their heads, displaying their sackcloth, covering before the Lord. The altar, too, they draped in sackcloth, and with one accord they cried out fervently to the God of Israel, not to allow their children to be seized, their wives to be taken captive, the cities of the inheritance, of their inheritance to be ruined, or the sanctuary to be profaned and mocked for the nations to gloat over. The Lord heard their cry, praise God, and had regarded, had regard for their distress. The people observed the fasts of many days' duration throughout Judea and before the sanctuary of the Lord Almighty in Jerusalem. The high priest Joachim and all the priests in attendance on the Lord who saved his altar were also guarded with sackcloth. 
as they offered daily holocaust, the votive offerings, the free will offerings of the people. With ashes upon their turbans, they cried to the Lord with all their strength to look with fervor on the whole house of Israel. God is a faithful God. Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3, call unto me and I will answer you. God answers prayer. And God actually answered prayer. He answered prayer. And he answered this prayer through a woman, a woman who feared God, a woman who loved God, a woman who was always in prayer and sacrifice. Even though she was a widow, she did not look into her weakness or whatever it is that would um, seem to be um, probably um, a misfortune in her life. But she knew who she was in God. And the Bible records in chapter 8, verse 6, that from verse 4, the widow Judith remained three years and four months at home, where she put up a tent for herself on the roof of her house. She put sackcloth about her loins and wore wore widow weeds. She fasted all the days of her widowhood except sabbath eves and sabbath new moon eves and new moons feast days and holidays of the house of israel she was beautiful formed lovely to behold her husband manasseh had left her gold and silver servants and maids livestock and fields which she was maintaining no one had a bad word to say about her for she was a very god-fearing woman praise god so God knows how to deal with the situations and circumstances that come our way. You see, sometimes we might go through so many struggles in our lives or we might face challenges that we do not know how to handle or that seem like so, so big a mountain, but God knows how to deal with them. He set apart this woman. So even her misfortune or what would be regarded by so many others as a misfortune God knew what he was doing. He was actually preparing her to be the one that he was going to use to bring victory to the land of Israel, to his own very chosen people, the Israelites. And God used this woman as beautiful as she is. She was God-fearing. She was in prayer all the time. And the prayer that she just prayed, the Lord answered, the Lord answered the nation of Israel. And she went and met with the army that had come to destroy uh, this nation. And God gave her wisdom. And she actually found favor in the eyes of the head of the army. And within a very short time, within a very short time, she actually, a woman, she, a woman, without even soldiers or an army surrounding her, she won the battle. She chopped off the head of the head of the army who had come to destroy the nation of the Lord, put it in a bag and took it back to his nation and they could not believe their eyes. They could not believe that the Lord could have used a woman. But this is a revelation to us that 
as the Lord does things, it is not necessarily important for us to understand how God is going to win the battles that we go through or the struggles that we face. But we need to be reminded of this situation and know that God works in mysterious ways. The Lord used a prayerful woman to defeat an enemy nation of Nebuchadnezzar. The Lord used the wisdom of a God-fearing woman to defeat a nation that was trying to, to terrorize his nation, Israel, on account of wanting to have all the nation worship the God, the little G-God, Nebuchadnezzar. The battles cannot go on forever. The Lord will fight for you and I and grant victory. He is a chief commander of the Lord's army. He is a chief commander of the army of the Lord. So, Judith beheaded the chief commander of the army of Nebuchadnezzar. And she prayed and she praised God. And then the victory was won because in the morning when everybody woke up, she had already left. But when everybody, the soldiers woke up, the rest of the army woke up and they found out what exactly had happened. They could not remain there. They had to flee for their lives because they knew it was a woman. So they did not really understand how that exactly happened. You see, God used the weak to reveal his power. That is the nature of Jesus even. He uses our weaknesses to reveal his power. So without a weakness, there is no room for him to reveal his power. Sometimes we get frustrated by maybe the weak areas of our lives or that which we do not have, but we do not know that that is exactly the area that the Lord will come to intervene through. And that is why Judy said that, our strength is not in numbers. Your strength is not in numbers. And God did exactly that to prove that his word is true. It is sharp. It is sharp and is alive. That the strength that we need each day to face the struggles and the challenges of this life cannot be in numbers. It is not dependent on stalwart men. But we know Jesus, we know of God, we know Abba Father, who sent his son Jesus, and we know he's the God of the lowly. That's why he suffered for this for the sinners, for the lowly. That is why he's close to the brokenhearted. That is why he was crushed to remind us that he's a God of those who are crushed by any situation, oppressed by any challenge. He's a helper of the oppressed, the supporter of the weak. Do you feel weak at any moment in your life? Could you be sick or facing things that look like a big mountain and you don't know what to do? I mean, that sounds like these days in this life, there's just too much. And all these things, they just make us feel weak at times. Sometimes it feels like we are oppressed. Sometimes we feel like we really need the help of God to be able to live that one day at a time. He's a protector of the forsaken. We only need to know and to have a relationship with God. He's the savior of those without hope. Do you feel helpless sometimes? Do you feel hopeless like what you have hoped for is not happening as you would wish? Then we are reminded that he is the savior of those who are without hope. And he will not fail. 
He will not fail because failing is none, nothing before the eyes of God. I mean, it cannot, it cannot and shall not and shall never be part of who he is. He is a victor from eternity to eternity. So when we see God, we just have to trust that it is not about how he's going to work out that intention or secret petitions of our lives or the situations that we could be facing or the challenge that we could be going through or the struggles that we are going through or the battles that we are fighting in our lives. It is not how, it shouldn't worry us how he's going to do it, but we should just trust him because God works in mysterious ways. If he used a woman to win victory for his own very nation, he can use you and I in any situation. He is not limited. It is not about what you and I can do. It is not what you and I can have. It is who he is that matters. It is that moment of our weakness, that moment of our pain, that moment of our brokenness that the Lord comes through in a mighty way to reveal that he is God of the broken, of the lowly, that he is closer to the brokenhearted, that he actually died for those who are suffering. So it is that moment that we feel like is actually a frustration. That moment in our life, that situation, that circumstance in our life that makes us feel like a misfortune, that is the very, very door that the Lord will come through and bring victory into our lives. We have to believe the word of God and then we see it. We don't see it and then believe that's not faith. So we have to believe and then see it. When you see God working miracles in a situation like this, when you read the Bible and you see a story like this, then our faith has to grow to know that actually the Lord is speaking to us this very moment. You and I, whatever it is that we could be experiencing or whatever could be coming, the Lord is giving his word that it cannot end in defeat. It shall not go on forever. He will fight the battle and give us victory. He is a God of the lowly. He is the helper of those who are in need. He is a present help of those who are in need. He is a faithful God and faithfulness is what he does. He is a good God. So as we look into our life circumstances, our life situations, we just need to cultivate on our relationship with Jesus. Cultivate on our covenant relationship with Jesus. As long as he made that covenant to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we are the children of Abraham by the virtue of our belief in Jesus Christ. So that means then we are partakers of that covenant relationship. He is a covenant keeping God. So on our part, what do we do? We believe it. We seek him, we love him, and we believe him. And remember for worship, for worship, there is nothing that can be negotiated before God. He is to be worshipped. He created you and I to worship him. So when we worship him, then we are for him. So any battles, any challenges, any situations that come our way to try and take us out, take our worship out of our system or to draw us away because we are worshiping God, it is not our battle to fight. It is not for us to fight. It is for us to keep worshiping through the struggle, through the challenge, through the frustration, through the brokenness. And the Lord will fight for us because he is a faithful God. He rescued the Israelites to worship him in the wilderness and they were actually set free by Pharaoh with a mighty hand. He had to cause Pharaoh to let 
his people go so they may go and worship him. So you and I, we are here. So our call today is to worship him through every struggle, through every challenge, through every circumstance. And for worship, he will fight all the battles for us and give us victory just like he did through the life of Judith for his beloved nation, Israel. And as Judith said, the last verses, once victory was granted them, she said, verse 18, the people then went to Jerusalem to worship God. When they were purified, they offered their holocaust, free will offerings and gifts. Judith dedicated as a votive offering to God all the things of whole fans that the people had given her as well as canopy that she herself had taken from his bedroom. For three months, the people continued their celebration in Jerusalem before the sanctuary and Judith remained with them. Praise God. Verse 25, the Bible says as the last verse, during the life of Judith, and for a long time after her death, no one again disturbed the Israelites. Praise God. That is our God. He can do anything. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, we bless you, we honor you, worship you, and throne you, glorify you. King of kings, we acknowledge that, Lord, it is your way that prevails. It doesn't matter what we have to face or what we have to go through, but, Lord, you fought many battles for your Israelites, for your nation, Israelites, for your firstborn, Israelites, and we belong to the tribe of Israelites, Lord, because we are children of Abraham, and we believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that, Lord, we are part of your nation. The Lord, you have brought us this far to worship you, that you have promised that for the sake of worship, you will fight for us. Help us to worship you through every struggle, through every situation that comes our way. Help us not to be distracted, Lord, but to trust you and to believe that you have ways that we haven't known, ways that we haven't seen to fight for us and to win us victory. We honor you, Jesus. We enthrone you and we glorify your holy name. Thank you, Abba Father, for giving us your son. Help us, Lord to worship you this day and every day of our lives. We give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. It is in Jesus' mighty name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.